So on June 23rd, many of us probably got alerted on our phones that John McAfee, the man I'm sitting with right here at his place in 2018 in Tennessee, had committed suicide, allegedly committed suicide. This is the 2016 Libertarian presidential candidate. This is the wanted fugitive. This is the founder of McAfee antivirus that he sold for $100 million. His net worth was $100 million. Years later, it was sold for $7.7 billion. Playboy, crazy videos, flamboyant, strange documentary about him committed suicide. One side said there's no way in the world this guy committed suicide because he talked about it on Twitter. The other side said he absolutely committed suicide because he owed so much money to tax evasion, so many different challenges he was facing, there's no way in the world he was going to face it. Now, I want to give you my perspective. Many of you send me tweets. The interview I did with them three years ago, this one right here, has picked up in the last week for obvious reasons. I'm going to give you my experience with how, uh, how I was sitting down with John McAfee. So this interview is at his house, okay? I'm in Tennessee, I'm meeting with the economist Arthur Laffer. While I'm there, Mario gets a phone call from his team saying, if you want to sit down with John McAfee, this is the address, you need to be here in two hours. We get the address, it says 125 miles away. We get in the car, we head over to his place. When we get to his place, I sit in the car, Mario and our shooter at the time, Luis, get out of the car, they go inside, they're being frisked the entire time, I mean, pretty, intense, highly skeptical, paranoid environment, AK-47s everywhere, semi-automatic weapons everywhere, led by former Marines, former Navy SEALs, former Rangers, who are there. Mario calls me while they're setting up. These guys are watching who they are. Mario says, Pat, please come inside. It's a very uncomfortable place. No problem. I get out the car, I hang up with Tom. I was on the phone with Tom. I get inside and they start saying, who are you? I said, I'm Patrick Bed David. Uh, are you with the FBI? I'm not. Are you with any uh, uh, organizations out there? I am not. How can we believe you? I said, tell me about your background. We're not going to tell you about your background. I said, listen, I used to be in the military. Were you really? What was your MOS? I was a 63 Bravo. Where were you stationed at? I went boot camp at South Carolina, Fort Jackson. I went AIT at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I was at the 101st Airborne Division down the street from you, two hours away from me, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I went to this club. Did you, what clubs did you go to in Nashville, Tennessee? Silverados, you know, all these things I told, Mix Factory. Okay, man, it's okay, come on in. Do you want to have a drink with us? Hey, what's up? I'm like, do I want to have a drink? Yeah, come on in. They're carrying the AK-47. By the way, uh, if you want, there's uh, five prostitutes upstairs. If you want to go before you start the meeting, you want to have a good time, you can go upstairs and then come down and do your interview. I said, listen, I appreciate the offer. Thank you for your hospitality. Maybe ask the guys out there, but I'm totally fine. No problem. If you still want, you can go upstairs. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'll be fine. Anyways, we do the interview. He comes in. John's coming in. When he comes in, you hear the sound. Garage is coming up. Like something very, very loud. He comes in. We sit down, we do the interview. If you watch this here, this is John. Next to him, he was having a drink. He was smoking cigarettes while we're doing the interview. That's a gun right there. And here's what happens 43 minutes into the interview. Someone knocks on the door. This has never happened in my life when I interview people. Watch what happens right here. This is pretty random. 50 different options. Or even direct flights from Hong Kong to Ecuador. Why the heck Somebody knocks is on the he door. going through um, Russia? The guy comes out, takes out the gun. So... Um, so I, you know, it's hard for me to say, is it good? Puts is it guy. bad? I don't have all the facts and neither do you and neither goes back. So now I'm listening to him talk while I'm looking, seeing what's going to be happening to my right, seeing another guy run up, all these sounds you're hearing behind you. Obviously this was a very highly 
skeptical, paranoid, semi-schizo, which he even himself said, some people say I'm extremely paranoid. I am extremely paranoid. He said in many different interviews. And then when we left, very nice, very amicable. We took off, we did our thing, the interview went live, and now it's got many views and a lot of people are commenting on it. Look, before I get into John's tweets, which a couple of them are quite controversial, let me kind of give you an idea how he got here. Number one, he's in Belize, living in Belize at one point, and he has a dog that's barking really loud. The neighbor gets upset, says, listen, you gotta kind of tell your dog to be quiet. John's like, he can do whatever he wants to do. The neighbor gets upset, takes a piece of beef, throws it over, poisons the beef. The dog eats it, dies. John comes home, sees the dog, loses his mind, hires somebody, comes and kills the neighbor. The neighbor's found in a pool full of blood. John escapes. Not much happens there. Tax evasion issues that he has. Tennessee owed $4 million of taxes. They say he avoided because he said in 2018 or 2019, I haven't paid taxes for eight years because of ideology, ideological differences with the IRS. I shouldn't have to pay taxes. And then he had a crypto uh, dump, uh, pump and dump issue that took place. Anyways, it's a very interesting character we're talking about here. This is not a normal human being in a normal life that he lived. This is a story from the sun, just kind of showing you who he was. This is himself with the guns. He liked guns. He liked prostitutes. He likes drugs. He liked partying, hardcore. This is a video he did, which is a very, very strange video on YouTube. It's got like 10 million views nearly. Uh, anyways, he, he liked women. He partied hardcore. If this guy was 35 years old today, he'd be one of those guys with 20, 30 million followers. You can pretty much see what's going on here. This is him talking about the fact that the government tried to poison him and kill him. I'm more difficult to kill than anyone else can even possibly imagine. Anyways, all of this stuff leads to his tweets. This is one of his tweets that just came out that people are talking about. There's no way he would have killed himself. Getting subtle messages. This tweet is from November 30th, 2019. Getting subtle messages from the U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, Mike McAfee. We're going to kill yourself, meaning we're going to kill you but it's gonna, you killing yourself, it's not suicide, but we're gonna kill you. I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm, whacked. Here's another tweet, because in October of last year, 2020, while he's in Barcelona on his way to Istanbul, he gets arrested in Spain. They take him to jail. Right afterwards, he sends this out saying, I'm content in here, jail. I have friends, the food is good, all is well. Now that if I, now that if I hang myself a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine, okay? Then he has this tweet that comes out and resurfaces from June 9, 2019. I've collected files on corruption in government. For the first time, I'm naming names and specifics. I'll begin with a corrupt CIA agent and two Bahamian officials coming today if I'm arrested or disappear. 31 terabytes of incriminating data will be released to the press. Now, when you look at this, you have two sides to look at. Let's say he is right. He has those 31 terabytes. A lot of data on government officials. That could be pretty ugly especially with campaign, election, all of that stuff that you got going on. Nobody wants that to be seen. But the other part of it is also he's bluffing. What is bluff? There's an old fable about a psychic who hooks up with a king's daughter. The king loses his mind, sends all the soldiers to go kill the psychic. When the soldiers go to the psychic and they say, we're here to kill you, the psychic says, before you kill me, I had a vision last night that has to do with the king and it has to do with his life. I have to tell him this or else he's gonna die. They're like, what are you talking about? The soldiers talk and they say, let's at least tell the king and see what the king wants to do. They tell the king, king's like, I wanna meet this guy. The psychic comes to the king, he says, king, I have to tell you, I apologize for getting together with your daughter. She's beautiful. However, the vision I had yesterday is that you, king, are going to die a day after I die, which means what? If you kill me, you're dying tomorrow. So the king's like, you know, back in the days, it was all like psychics, know what they were talking about. And people were very superstitious. The king's like, listen, 
We better take care of this man. He brings a psychic in. He lives in the palace. Obviously, it's a fable, but you get the idea. Is John playing that game? Hey, leave me alone. Don't bother me. Don't touch me with my taxes because I have stuff on you because I'm such a good hacker. Is he doing that? No one will know what card he's playing here. He may or may not have it, but this led to a story. After John passed away, allegedly suicide, and this is what the story went viral. There's a tweet that they're showing and claiming that he tweeted out, says, if anything ever happens to me, please know that the 31 terabytes of files I have are located on hard drives in my condo near 88th Street in Collins Avenue, just north of Miami Beach, which is the building that just came down and there's nine people dead and 150 something people missing. The conspiracy theorists ran with this saying, oh my gosh, it's government's job. It came down. They got the files. Now, nobody can get their hands on the 31 terabytes. This was so viral with people being curious about it that AP did a story saying that never happened. He never owned the condo. And there's no tweet as such of him, him sending it out on June 8th. So I go and take a look at his Twitter account. And if you go look at his Twitter account, you go to June 8th. There is no such thing as these tweets. The only things you'll find on June 8th is one he's talking about have a million followers and no one's really bothering to look at it. And another one about Bezos. There's nothing else on June 8th. Now, the conspiracy folks will say, well, Twitter can delete it. I highly doubt they did that. So AP debunks that and they don't touch it. It goes to a completely different place. Anyways, this goes to a bunch of different places, you know, all these other things. And then Janice McAfee, his wife, sends out a tweet talking about on Father's Day, June 20th, the fact that they don't want to do anything with this guy. The government is so corrupt. The U.S. authorities are determined to have John die in prison to make an example of him for speaking out against the corruption within the government agencies. The media continues to vilify him per their narrative, and there's no hope for him ever having a fair trial in America because there's no longer any justice in America. You either play ball or get effed. There are those, those are literally the only options. Now, before you were innocent until proven guilty, now somehow it's changed to guilty until proven innocent. Interesting point. Now anyone can level the most hideous accusations against you uh, uh, without any proof and having no basis in reality, but in the court of public opinion, you are tried, convicted, found guilty, and your life irreparably, irreparably destroyed all before having your day in court. Anyway, so she goes on talks about this, and there's a bunch of other things that she talked about in the video. He would never commit suicide. He would never do this. He would never do that. A lot of this comes to me where people are like, well, did he commit suicide? He would never commit suicide. Chris Hitchens, who was a famous atheist, Everybody, the many Christian pastors would say that rumor has it that on his deathbed, he accepted Jesus Christ as a savior, right? And he's going to go to heaven because even an atheist eventually accepted it. And it was a very good story to use. It was viral because people were using that as a way to baptize folks, right? I heard a lot of different churches, but his son who was there apparently on his deathbed said, my dad and I never talked about religion and that never happened. And Chris Hitchens even said way before he passed away, if you ever hear a story that I accepted Christ, as my savior or my deathbed because I was so scared about what's going to happen after life. Do not believe it. I will never do that. Semi similar to what McAfee says, if I ever commit suicide, that never happened. Anyways, we can go to a lot of different things to talk about what happened here. These are my thoughts about John McAfee. This is what I think about with John McAfee and my experiences of being around John McAfee. Number one, extremely paranoid, uh, extremely skeptical. Even the interview, if you've not watched the interview of him and I, some of the stuff he says, I mean, you're just going to sit there and say, what's he talking? It's, it's very deep. And he doesn't hold back about going after the government. Look, last week, I did an interview with a, uh, a mayor you may know, Mayor Giuliani, was an attorney that you may know, Rudy Giuliani, 
who in 2015 won the G-Man Award by FBI as one of the most best men for America. FBI awarded him the G-Man Award in 2015. We're talking six years ago. And the interview is about three and a half hours. It was done in his place. And he said some stuff that I still don't know if I'm going to go live with or not. You know, I had, a, I had a group of people that I had a call with yesterday, and they know about what was in the content of the interview, telling me, Pat, don't go live with it today because this is just not a good time to go against the government. Look what's going on right now with censorship. I'm like, but it's not me doing it. It's someone else doing it. I'm simply showing what their thoughts are, and I'm pushing back on what the individual had to say. Just don't do it, Pat. It's not a good idea because today it's censorship. They can do this. They can take you down. Just last week, we had one of the videos we did about one professional athlete that had certain things to say about a health restriction, and we posted it on, on our Vitamin Short Clip channel. We got a strike for one week. The channel was suspended of uploading any new videos. So there is an element of people being concerned about not really sharing everything today because social media companies out there can really push back, right? So I don't know. Did McAfee have things to say that was really pushing back a little bit too much against the government? Was he poking the bear too much? Could that possibly take place? There are some times where I grew up as an individual where I believed everything. I started off with mainstream media, what they had to say, and I would watch them. I'm like, you know what? NBC's right. CNN is right. You know, MSNBC is right. These guys know what they're talking about. New York Times is right. And all these conspiracy theorists, they have no clue what they're talking about. Wasting time. They're just doing this. And then there's some people that say, well, I start off with conspiracy and I go to mainstream media. Here's how I'm wired. I like to hear both sides of the argument. I want to know what they have to say. And in my mind, I'm like, I'll give you 10% of credibility, conspiracy theorists. But I also listen to what the media has to say. And FYI, I also only give 10% credibility to mainstream media. I take it upon myself to want to do some research, to get some info for myself. So everything I shared with you today, I don't know if you committed suicide. I don't know if it was a job that was taken because they wanted to take him out on 31 terabytes of files. Based on what some of the things this guy had to say and who he was as a person, as a genius, as a guy that's like a modern day. If he was younger, he'd be like the guy from Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark. He was that kind of a character. He built a company that was sold for $7.7 .7 billion. He just so happened to sell it pretty early. So having said that, that's my reaction to John McAfee dying on June 23rd. If you haven't seen the interview that I do with John McAfee, click over here and watch it for yourself. FYI, if you think it was a hit job and somebody else took him out, press thumbs up. If you think he committed suicide, press thumbs down. I am curious to know what you think happened to John McAfee. Having said that, have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.